Michael Clark, Laurie Daly and Ben Way are with you on the Big Sports Breakfast. And there is a little that we haven't discussed as yet this morning. Formula One News Aussie star Daniel Ricciardo has neither confirmed nor denied his interest in Lewis Hamilton's vacated Mercedes seat, claiming he's not looking too far ahead. I'd read into that. He either hasn't been asked or he doesn't think it's a, a likely option. I did mention briefly this morning the news in regards to Kelvin Kiptum, the Kenyan marathon runner who sadly passed away a couple of days ago. He and his coach passed away in a one-car traffic accident. Well, his grieving father has actually come out saying that there were four unidentified people who attended his home in search of the Kenyan marathon runner just before his death. And reading between the lines, you get the impression he wonders whether this was in fact an accident after all. So a little bit playing out there in Kenya. Uh, undoubtedly one of their favourite sons and one of the absolute all-time stars uh, when it comes to the world of athletics. I had a quick look at his marathon record, which I think was a tick over two hours. Let's say two hours, 35 seconds, something like that. The average race pace was just obscene. Mm. Absolutely mm. obscene. I'll bring it up for you a little bit later on and discuss it. But for anyone who's ever done a 1K time trial, the number I'm going to throw you away is just mind-boggling. Um, in terms of tennis results, American teenager Coco Goff suffered a shock defeat to Katerina Siniakova in the second round of the Qatar Open. So she's world number three, Goff. She lost six games in a row in the second set, was ultimately beaten 6-2, 6-4. So she was up four zip in the second and ultimately lost that 6-4 against Siniakova. So a big win for Siniakova and an upset there for Goff. I didn't touch on the cricket at too much length either, so just that quickly as well before I bring in Cameron. So Rutherford and Andre Russell, they broke a world record last night. 139 runs they put together, which is a six-wicket record in T20 internationals. And that helped the West Indies defeat Australia by 37 runs. That's the first win of the series. And Russell really was the star. 71 of 29. So he was on an absolute heater. Yeah, in the over before he got out. I think he took 20-odd off his over. Got dropped deep mid-wicket. Yeah, he smacks it. Andre Russell always has been around for a long time. Again, he's made it clear that his last um, game for West Indies will be the 2020 World Cup, and then he's going to retire. Um, but yeah, you can still see, even watching last night, he's still got that passion to want to play for West Indies. And he's been very, very good around the world in this format, Andre Russell. I was staggered to see that that was his highest T20 international score. Mm. He's got a lot, a lot of 40s yeah. off, like 20 balls. Comes in and smacks it. He bats so low, so he doesn't really get the chance. Um, but yeah, he's been... Well, I think he got three for in the first... T20 or the second T20 as well. So had a lot of injuries, but um, yeah, still an important player for the West Indies if they're going to have a chance at winning this World Cup. So he was on a heater. And last season, the Warriors were certainly a hot team to follow. Cameron George would have been watching pretty eagerly as the CEO, I would imagine. It was a huge season. And I guess now it's about reaping the rewards, heading into 24, building on that success. And the question for you, Cameron, as I welcome you in, is how do you go about doing that? Yeah, thank you for having us, guys. Um, look, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, we just got to go, go to work again and train harder and harder and work harder and harder in the office. Uh, we take nothing for granted. Uh, we certainly haven't been in the position we're in for many, many years, if at all. And, um, 
you know, we're all privileged to be here. We just want to be bigger and better in 24. Well, it was an amazing year last year, Cameron, uh, the rise of the Warriors and the support that you garnered, uh, garnered over there. It was uh, fantastic and um, everyone just seemed to be on board. Um, what's the feeling like this year uh, in terms of corporates, uh, anticipation of sellouts? Um, and you've got to win, I suppose. That's the big thing that people want to see. Yeah, you're right, um, Laurie. So leading into this season, we haven't seen the numbers in the corporate revenue we've got so far. Uh, we've sold out every game uh, corporate-wise for the whole season. Uh, our memberships are 300% up. Our partnerships and sponsorships, we're sold out of everything. Um, and we're heading off to Christchurch this weekend to play the West Tigers, and we nearly sold out the stadium down there uh, for the pre-season trial. So... Uh, we've got about 15,000 tickets sold for the following weekend here at Mount Smart against the Dolphins. So everything's looking great off the field, mm. but it comes down to one thing, and we all know that is that's performing and winning, and that's the expectation that we have to live with, and that's yeah. the one that we we want to we want to live with and we want to be a part of, but we've got to do it now. Yeah, that's the business, that's for sure, Cameron. What um, When you look at last season and how successful it was, what are the areas, and, and I guess I'm talking on-field now, what are the areas that were the focus of this pre-season to try and get you that one step closer? I think the reality is, mate, it's just hard work. It's just not taking it for granted and coming back more hungry, bigger and better and stronger and faster and uh, being smarter about what we did. Those games there last year, we should have won and we just didn't. And we've addressed a lot of those things over the off-season. Um, what I think the, the message from Webby is that we have to be a lot, lot better, not just a bit better, a lot better to compete uh, any further into the season. Um, and, and it's just about that mentality of, we haven't done anything. We've got nothing in our cupboard. We've got the third. We might as well finish eighth, you know. Um, so we want to win this competition. And to do that, as you guys well know, it's you just got to be so on every week and not taking anything for granted. Yeah. And does it feel different, Cameron, this time around? Because there's always been that highs and lows with the Warriors and the expectation of them being... A, a club that'll that'll dominate because of the talent coming through and then you've dipped a few years. But all of a sudden, after last year, I don't know, there just gets a feeling, well, certainly here in Australia, that the Warriors now are set up for sustained success. Yeah, that's a good point um, you make. And, and, and I feel that the group this year have learned a lot of harsh lessons from last year, enjoyed the good ones, but have learned from it. And, and they understand what it's required now. And I feel there's a fair bit of consistency, professionalism, competitive edge, and a hunger that I've never seen before. And that's, as you touched on, we've sort of seen it occasionally, but now we're, well, I'm starting to see it more and more throughout every week at training and so on. And you throw the likes of Rog, two of us, a Sheck in there, Kirk Capewell, Chanel Harris, Davida back into our squad. They all had the similar traits of wanting to win in everything they do, being competitive um, and being fit and hard trainers. And that just, you know, filters through the whole group and takes it to another level. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Roger, mate. How's he been back around the group? And has it taken him some time um, to get back into to league? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, they had to, we had to rewire him, I suppose, to come back into league. And, and you know, he's... He's in the centres this week, so it's a whole new position for him. And there's a lot of learnings there, as you guys well know. And um, But, look, his inclusion in the club in general is just massive for us. Um, you know, he's like a Laurie Daly in Canberra. He's like, you know, he, he, they're legends and they're people that just bring so much to your footy club. And 
without saying anything, his presence just generates energy. And um, he's such a good person. And, you know, he doesn't want a leadership role. He was very cautious and conscious about that coming back to the club. He didn't want to dilute any of the leaders around the club with their responsibilities or anything. So what we're seeing with Rog now is just he's enjoying it because he doesn't have to carry that weight of the world on his shoulders. And, um, yeah, he's a very different footy player now to what he was just two years ago. Yeah, he's a superb player, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, and if you can get the best out in him, that could be the difference between winning and losing uh, this year. But what about the disappointment of losing Adam Fanuel blake Cameron, um, <coughs> arguably the, the best front rower in the game? Um, and obviously there was a quick decision made there. He wanted to come home for family reasons, but he's got one more year to go. How's he looking? And in terms, because we've got a, a few text messages here about someone in line to replace him. How's that, that all going? Yeah, so firstly with Adam, um, look, he's a person. He's a human being before any footballer, and that's the way I view our players, and I've got to make sure that they're as happy and as settled as they can be off the park. Now, the circumstances he's confronted with, you know, I probably know clearly a lot more than anyone else because of my role with it. And um, it, there was no question to me. Um, you know, the release was requested and I, I felt like it was the right thing to do for him, him and his family. Second of that, um, you know, the, the fact that he, we sort of found middle ground, uh, that he stayed the extra year. The minute we spoke about that, he, you know, he committed to that. He was absolutely keen to show the club, the fans, the players that he's played with here that, you know, these circumstances are out of his control, but, you know, the solution is in his control. So we found middle ground and we're all in a very happy state. And he's training well, mate. He's he's having a ball here. Um, you know, we've got good support around him and, you know, I'm looking for a big year for him this year. In terms of replacement, well, that's work in progress. We're always talking, always looking. Webby and Andrew McFadden are... You know, they've got their markers around the NRL and what players they like. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked about the Braden, Hamlin, Uellis and all those players. There's not many front rowers on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, he's a quality player, but, you know, the, the decisions he's got to make is what he wants to do in the future. And we're just working through that. So there's no answer to that solution right at this point. But patience is the key for us. Have you done your season preview of the Warriors? No, they yet? finished third. Last year, I'm working my way up from 16th right to the to the uh, the Premier's Penrith. So we'll talk about the Warriors next week, no doubt. Okay. Any? Can you maybe just give a little bit of a fire a warning shot, Cameron's direction? Is he should he be optimistic, pessimistic ahead of your oh, prediction? Very optimistic. I would have thought. I think they're. Uh, well, I think they're more advanced this year than what they were this time last year. And I think they'll respond to being together as a, as a group. They'll be more connected. And I think that um, with that wave of optimism around, it'll it'll be how they handle expectation. If, if they're working hard, as Cameron's saying, for me, the Warriors, it's a no-brainer. They'll be there again. Uh, Cameron, according to one of our listeners, there are already 13 teams in Loz's top eight. So we'll just have to wait and see whether... The Warriors sneak their way in there. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Good on you, guys. Thanks a lot. Keep the text flooding through 0419767272 and that call line 135353. We'd love to get your calls as well. Being Valentine's Day, we want those love stories, those sporting moments that are close to your heart. And Darren Alberts, geez, 
Darren's got a decent run this morning in that grand final back in 1997. Uh, the Sydney Olympics has certainly got a, a plenty of mentions from a lot of you. Michael Jordan's Game 5 of 1997, uh, that got a mention from Shire as. He was an absolute freak, and that was one of yours, Clarkie. Yeah, my favourite athlete, yeah. MJ. Uh, the America's Cup. I was a little young to enjoy the mm. America's Cup success. Were you, Loz? Uh, I can remember it, but I was at school. I can remember Bob Hawke um, saying those famous words about, you know, uh, you know, letting um, people off work, otherwise they're a bum. Yep. Um, and I also remember him sitting there in the, the Aussie jacket. Um, and I can also remember when the wing keel got lifted um, and they were showing off the boat. Uh, other than that, I can't remember too much about it. I, I don't know how old I would have been then. Probably about 13, 14. Yeah, the winged keel is certainly there. The only real takeaway from my schooling years, uh, it would have been a little bit after the event, but it was certainly a big discussion point still then. Uh, Maccabi Diva winning her third straight Melbourne Cup. Gary sent that one through, spot on. Kingston Town can't win was a huge moment. You're right, Nigel. The call kind of added to that a little bit, but the performance was just mind-blowing. Mitchell Stark's opening ball of the Ashes over and over, and then maybe one more time from Kerry at Constitution Hill. And then Rooster Bob, unsurprisingly, suggesting that the premierships of 74, 75, 02, 13, 18 and 19 were all highlights. Uh, Loz, this is a touch unrelated. Mm. Uh, we're going to chat to Mitch Manners in two ticks, who's one of the the great racing experts we have and a brilliant caller up there at the Gold Coast. But your tipping, how have you been going? Uh, I've only had one go this year. <laughs> only had one go this year and um, the multi didn't get up. But last year... Uh, we're on fire. Mm. And as I continually uh, have said on this program, the return on investment last year was enormous. Well, I, I'm just... Why is that, Ben? Well, I'm just firing a warning shot again mm. that Hatchie from the Heights, yep. he has sent through. Let's face it, Loz, you're a good punter out of luck at the moment. Mm. I think you should hand over this week's multi to the extraordinary team from Black Bookers. 7pm no. Thursday night, Sky Thoroughbred Central, for those who haven't caught it just ah, yet. Mm. Unashamed plug. Ali Mosley. I'm sure it, they're are you doing it today? I'm sure they're referring or to t- it, Ali. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, of course. 7pm. Oh. We'll both be but there. you'll be working here. You'll be tired. PM. Overtime. Actually, that is a fair point. Yeah. They don't double dip with Jared, do they? Old no. Alfred. Alfred, he can't do the shows in the afternoon. Well, he's working on Saturday night. It's amazing what you can toiling. get up for for the right price, yeah. Benny boy, isn't it? It is. I don't know whether, the, don't know whether the, little, the price he's paying like at the a moment. Bit of caffeine, that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be it paying is. his price at the moment, Mido. Yeah, he'd be he'd, he'd be a little sore at the moment. Yeah, he'd be a bit sore. Actually, did he go yesterday? into detail about uh, what he, he was having done on uh, radio? No. Well, you just got to no. clean yourself out. You do. Okay. Well, that kind of sums it up. Can I think we should all take it as a reminder? We should all take it as a reminder to go and get a check. Yeah. Shouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. Of every variety. Uh, We were discussing off air. You know, we've both got histories. My my grandfather was one of eight boys and the vast majority of his brothers died of prostate cancer. My dad's already had prostate cancer. Others have, you know, been impacted by bowel cancer and the Mm. likes. Most definitely. It's a good reminder to go and get a check. I did also say to Clarkie, and this is a bit off tangent, but... I went to get a check with that family history. They said, nope, not until you turn 40. 
my view is prostate. If I walk in there and say I've got a history of it, can you check me at thirty nine? Yeah, well, there's an extra there's normally, six months. There's no with prostate because my father's had it as well. Um, normally, the test? start is the blood test and check mm. your PSI. If yeah. they feel that's fine, then they sort of say after forty, you probably have to have a more regular checkup. Something like well, uh, I wasn't bowel cancer, them. for example, mm. would be a lot more open to it doesn't matter what age. So my grandfather passed when he was 34. Wow. Really young to bowel cancer. So I've I've had um, a number of checkups already and I'm 42. So, yeah, I think as I discussed with Mido over the past couple of weeks, I think once you sort of get to our age, if in doubt, go and get checked. If, yeah. Even if you think about it, doesn't matter what it is. It's not hard to have a blood test or give a stool sample or whatever it is um, because if they do find something, um, it's better them getting it early rather than late. Well, he and I both have a mutual friend. In fact, a few of us have a mutual friend who was impacted by it, and that was the, the reminder and the the impetus for Jared to go and get a, a check-up. So best of luck to him. Mitch Manners is on the line, who, of course, calls up there on the Gold Coast. I do miss you here in New South Wales, Mitch, but you do a great job up there. And Gold Coast, well, it got its first real test over the summer, didn't it? Yeah, for sure, uh, Ben. Morning, boys. And just speaking of that, that's why you know days like uh, you know Men Matter Race Day, which the Gold Coast Turf Club have, and, and uh, Laurie and Clarky were a part of this year. That you know get that message out there to go and get those checkups as as often as you can. And like you said, if you don't feel right, go and go and seek some um, seek some doctor advice and. Um, you know, even even Mido is a very fit bloke. He he's gone and done the right things by that. So days like that are, are quite important as um, as uh, the uh, big sports breakfast is sponsored throughout the the course of Men Matter. Yeah, Gold Coast. Uh, we've we've just gone back onto the poly track and ra- racing Queensland's been very cooperative with with us about sort of changing some programs while we. Uh, we we put that sand slick grooving in after the millions. It played p- particularly well Millions Day, but it was just another part of the renovation that needed to to take place. So we'll race again on the poly this week, and all being well back on the grass uh, next week. And it's just again, it, it's it's sort of a two week sort of uh, period that just needed to happen. Uh, but there's a you know very much a long term goal. We'll start to ramp up the meetings by twenty sort of twenty. 425 uh, and race on a more regular basis with you know the added uh, Friday night meetings potentially down the track you could be sort of racing here at the Gold Coast sort of 54 to, to 60 times a year so it's best to get it right now and and um, uh, we'll and as I said racing Queensland has been very good in changing the programs around to suit us as well. Hey Mitch I saw a few big names back at the Doombin trials. Yeah, I'm sure you, uh, you and Ali will cover this in Black Book. As uh, uncommon, James was very good, as you'd expect him to be. He's headed towards the Galaxy at Rose Hill during the carnival. He uh, went straight to the front and was pretty much untested in his trial win. Uh, he's a very sharp horse, as we know, an Oakley Plate winner. Jerry's a little bit out on Antino's trial for mine. He was out the back, and Jimmy Orman had to give him a couple of slaps down the shoulder. He Never really got into it. Um, I believe sort of Tony Gollum was going to provide an update to see whether he just really needed that hit out. Of course, he had a luckless spring carnival, unlucky on a number of occasions before running in that five diamonds before going for a break. But 
I think you probably would have liked to have seen him find the line a little bit better, but uh, maybe he just needed that first hit out. So guess a little question mark against his trial, but he's a very good horse on his day, and maybe he was just very casual yesterday morning. So we'll we'll see what they do there. Um, you know, they they are sort of thinking, well, they're, they're hopeful of getting him towards a, a Doncaster. So um, you probably would have liked to have seen a bit more, but we'll we'll see about. Uh, you know, his next next trial and see where he's really at. What do you like up there today, mate? Loz, uh, it's short, but it should be winning. They found the right race for this fellow, Prime Asset. He's a good horse second up. Uh, he probably ran above expectation first up, really, for a horse that hasn't won first up in six goes, but he ran a really good second. He's a two-time winner second up in five goes. He uh, adapts well to Doombin, and 13.50 is about his sweet spot. They find James Allman, barrier four, $2.30, skinny enough, but it's, uh, it's a very winnable race for him. Race six, number one, prime asset. Brilliant. Best of luck on the tip, and we look forward to hearing your call soon. Thanks, boys. Yes, great to have your company here on the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Benway with you this morning. In terms of cricket news, England Vice Captain Ollie Pope said there's every chance they're going to field an extra seamer for the third test against India. What a series that has been thus far. Can't wait for the third test. For those who missed the T20 overnight, Rutherford and Russell, they blasted the West Indies from a pretty precarious position. I think they were five for, three for 17 at one point, then five for 70-odd. And they've finished with 220 plus and ultimately left Australia a fair bit short. So that denied Australia a clean sweep. Uh, but Andre Russell, 71 off 29. is worth doing a little bit of a Google and finding yourself some highlights in the morning. On an NBA front, I'll quickly go through some of those results. I'm sure a few of you are interested off the back of yesterday. Wembenyama, old Victor, scored a, a triple-double of 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks as the Spurs beat the Raptors 122-99. The Timberwolves beat the Clippers 121-100. That was a pretty big game too at the head of the Western Conference. The 76ers ended Cleveland's winning streaks, so their run ends at 9, 123-121 in a tight one. And speaking of tight ones, the New York Knicks, they suffered a painful defeat. That was against the Rockets, so a Foul by Jalen Brunson, who's been so big this season. There was 0.3 left on the clock, and that gave Aaron Holiday three free throws to win the game. So that was a, a little bit of a heartbreaker. And good to see Clay Thompson return to some form. He and Stephen Curry led the Golden State Warriors to a 129-107 win at the Utah Jazz. Win as well for the Chicago Bulls with DeMar DeRozan, the star on that front. Plenty of texts coming through, and please keep them coming through, 0419767272. Lots of big sporting moments that have really appealed to you guys. A few that aren't fans of Travis Kelsey, evidently. It's amazing. I think the Clarkie, the Taylor, I know you're a big Tay-Tay fan. The Taylor Swift publicity train really was driving Travis Kelsey up until the game. And then a couple of moments, mid-game as he pushed the coach and post-match as he decided to launch into a very average rendition of Viva Las Vegas. I reckon people in the States loved how he carried on after the game. It's very different. You couldn't, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't get away with that here in Australia. But, mate, it's the same thing. You don't get away with much here. That's true. But he's becoming bigger and bigger every day through his performances on the field, but also uh, dating... Taylor Swift. So what does that mean? It means some people are going to like you and some people are not going to like I you. Think, so. I think she got the ick. 
No way, I think mate. She got the Did you not see him at the after party, mate? There, there's a diamond ring coming very soon. I give it six months. I wish them both well. I'll tell you the other thing. <laughs> he, he was stellar in that second half as well. He didn't get a touch. And I don't, I, I can't imagine ever going to a coach um, and shoving them or loud and proud letting him know how you felt about not getting an opportunity. Mm. But again, that's, you know, the coach came out and supported him after the game. Uh, he's made it clear how much he loves the coach. So they've obviously got a tight relationship. But yeah, from a distance, it, was a, it didn't look great. It was a decent shove that nearly knocked a 65-year-old man over. Um, and he looks like a pretty big, strong boy. But, yeah, mate, I don't care. The whole him and whoever he wants to date and Taylor and who she wants to date is none of our business. I like them both. One's won a Super Bowl and one's the most famous. There you go. Mm. And the other one's probably the most famous singer in the world. Uh, they're going I, okay. I think they're doing all right. Yeah. I, I, th- I don't think they'll mind a bit of criticism, put it that way. Hey, I did see some funny ones. I did see Shug. Uh, from Team Montefilia said his highlight of the year was meeting Yvonne Sampson at Randwick last Saturday. What a champion of the NRL and now racing. And, of course, she's a close family member of the Big Sports Breakfast as well. Gang- she's a wonderful person. She Bonnie. is. Yeah. Uh, Changa's yeah, ghost. Morning, boys. I've been to so many big sporting and racing events over the years. Footy Grand Finals, Melbourne Cups, Doncasters. But by far the best feeling I've had was when I witnessed Buddy kick his 1,000th goal. That was a remarkable scene as the almost entire crowd, I thought it was the entire crowd, flooded the SCG. But to Changa's ghost point, he said the anticipation, the kick, the crowd reaction, what a moment. My mates asked whether I joined everyone on the field and what I said was, of course not, all the bars were empty for half an hour. So Changa certainly seized his opportunity. Uh, but Dean Lucan winning gold was another suggestion from Gary. The 2008 NRL Grand Final. As a Sharks fan, watching big Fifi crash, twist and slam the ball down in that 2016 Grand Final. That was one for Harbour Shark. Yeah, no, Andrew Fafida was certainly a standout in that game. Dean Lucan, he's from down your way, wasn't he? My way? South yeah, Australia. South Australia, wasn't he? Dean Lucan? Oh. I'm pretty confident. Okay. Wasn't he, was he the tuna fisherman? Oh, well, if he was, I should know the answer to that because that fella was actually um, Tunarama, you mean, the Tunarama champion. He was our PE coach. I don't think that was Dean Lucan. No, Dean No, Dean Lucan's Lucan the weightlifter. Yeah, He's not yeah. the... Um, I thought he was a South Australian, Dean Lucan. No, you're thinking um, it's a very similar name. It'll come Is to it? me. Right, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. He, was, uh, he was a hammer thrower, thus the tuna throw. Ah, uh, right. That's who I might yeah, have been Yeah, whereas Dean Lucan was a weightlifter. Weightlifter, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he lost a lot of weight. I remember seeing a photo of him about four or five, six years ago, and he lost a lot of weight, Dean Lucan. The 2005 and then 2012 AFL Grand Finals go Swans. You know what's funny about 2005 and 2012 is, and I hope I won't upset any Sydney fans here, holistically as an AFL fan, the Swans premiership, particularly in 05, it was a grim time for the AFL. Grand final scores were like 50 to 49 type thing. So the only thing going for them was that they were close. The actual games themselves weren't fantastic spectacles. But nearly every Swans fan just remembers one moment. And that was Leo Barry soaring across the front. Mm. And that, that is a heart warmer. That was a good. That was a good premiership win. Somebody actually sent through before um, West Coast premiership win from 2018 when 
they slotted one from the boundary with seconds left on the clock. So nearly everyone is a little bit biased to their own team. Any that have jumped into the memory bank over the course of the past couple of hours? I just heard one outside from one of the boys as well that hasn't been spoken about. That the uh, four, Michael Bevan's boundary against the West Indies, four runs to win off the last ball. Was it Harper bowling? It was Harper, straight back past him, straight down the ground. I, I think he you didn't. Don't how many realize, revs did he have on the ball? Not many, but oh, he Rog. was one of the best fielders you'd see. So yes. you didn't anywhere near it. You'll, you'll catch it. But I think this morning shown that there's been so many, uh, particularly in Australian sport, that as soon as it rings a bell, so as soon as somebody says, you go, "Oh, yeah, I remember that." Yeah. Oh, I was here watching that. Oh, I remember seeing that. So so many wonderful moments. Mate, to me, like I, I love if you just if you just look at highlight packages. Michael Jordan's highlight packages are phenomenal, and the other one that I don't know what it is, but I can't stop watching, is Mike Tyson. Mate, just watching him fight yeah. was phenomenal. Just a knockout. Oh, and he was like he just his, his his technique, how strong he was. He was he was always shorter than his opponent, mm. but his power and strength and yeah, oh, mate, he, he yeah, phenomenal. But there's there's a million in that we've you know read this morning mm. as well, particularly here well, in you're Australia. Talking about, like Jeff Fennick. Oh, Jeff Fennick uh, with the Zuma Nelson, and <sighs> I remember when he. Well, I thought he'd won that fight. Most yeah. people thought he'd, so did Jeff. he'd won that fight. <laughs> um, Jeff Harding, yeah, when he was just broken yep. in the ring and was looked like he was just out and all of a sudden came back and, and won that title. Uh, boxing, oh, there's... You, you could watch some of the great highlights, but boxing um, championships have... Yeah. There's been plenty over time. Mark sent a ripper through. Never watched it again, but the best sporting moment in my memory was Kostya Zhu's speech in defeat against Ricky Hatton. Although beaten, he spoke highly of his opponent and spoke like a true champion. There was not a dry eye in the place and all stood and clapped his brave words and that contributes to his legend status. And that is a, a fair point too. That sometimes it's not how you respond in victory because most respond well. But responding in defeat, particularly for someone of the difficult. quality of him. So, would you mm. like to let our listeners know where your great mate was from? He was from South Australia. He, he, he moved there when he was very young. From Port Lincoln. And he, he, he was Port Lincoln, uh, tuna fisherman, and he became the weightlifter. And that one. other one, the tunarama, yeah, that was Sean Carlin. Sean Carlin. Sean Carlin. As opposed to Dan. And yes. you might know this. I'm pretty confident too. Who was was it the owner of Maccabi Diva? Yes. Was he from was it Spot on. He was a tuna fisherman. Tuna fisherman too, yeah. Yeah. No, a very famous tuna fisherman. Yeah. And uh What was his name? I believe he part owned the um he part owned the Santic, Tony Hotel. Santic. Santic? Yeah, the Santics are a huge yeah. family down there. But um, he part owned the hotel, I think, even Rue or Goody. South Australian listeners out there, I know that Lincoln Moore, who has a role down there with the Turf Club and used to be at the Advertiser, I used to work with him down there. He's already flicked me a text uh, saying Port Lincoln. He probably has a little more info on that. But at one point, I'm pretty sure they built a hotel together there. Um, at bare minimum, I reckon it involved... Uh, the head of the hotel association at the time as well. But anyway, we've talked about South Australia for a good 
23 seconds on this show today. That might be bringing the average up. I know Mido doesn't let me run with it for too long, so I'll make the most of my time in the hot seat. Great to have your company here on the Big Sports Brekkie. Keep those suggestions coming through. We will run through a few more of them a little bit later on, but Australia beating the West Indies in 1995 for the first time in 20 years. Got a a shout-out from Shannon, and that truly was a big moment. In fact, the moment we saw over the summer from a West Indies versus Australian perspective, their win... Their win in Brisbane. Big if you're a West Indies supporter, definitely. Yep. Well, Brian Lara made that very clear, how uh, how special that was to to everyone back in the Caribbean. So, yeah, it depends what side of the fence you sit on. You don't see Brian as emotional as that too often. Mm. I did see that he made a visit over to Royal New South Wales to play golf. Loves his golf. Yeah. Right-hander. I don't know whether to believe the claim. Is he? He's right-hander, yeah, right-handed golfer. And good player too. Because he had, well, maybe it was true then. He claimed to have had five birdies and an eagle. Uh, wouldn't surprise so me. Had a big day there. Wouldn't surprise him and Dwight York, best mates, travel the world playing golf. Both love it, and I mean travel that'd the be world. A, that'd be a night out, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all night, creeps. Dwight is still all night, Dwight. I, I can tell you that. that. <laughs> hey, Steve Hewlett. I don't know whether Steve has nights as big as <laughs> Dwight, but not many do. Steve, what have we got coming up today? Nah, into bed after married at first sight for me these days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to talk to uh, David. Well, David Fowler's going to link up with us. Matt Hoisted is going to be his first guest. Uncommon James with the trials yesterday. As we know, he runs in the Galaxy first up. But they've got Appen Girls, some nice horses running today. So David will chat with Matt Hoisted. I want to have a chat with Tony Otterbray, who owns Pride of Jenny. How good was she in the weekend leading and... We know the back-to-back group ones last spring. I think she's heading your way. Uh, there's a big chance she could run in the Chipping Norton Stakes, uh, Pride of Jenny. Look, the Browns have got a really talented filly running today that's one for one returning. She's a big girl, but, boy, she's got some ability called Pondalowi running today in Victoria. I'm going to talk to Emma Lee Brown. And Kelly Sweeter, I don't know if you watched the two, the Millennium on the weekend. This horse should have weighed in, the Queenslander. Very well back, two nines into sixes officially, El Morzillo. So uh, we'll find out from Kelly what the plan is with her after, as I said, she may have finished third or fourth there with a clear run on the weekend in the English Millennium, El Morzillo. So lots of views. Yeah, there were some really good runs in that English Millennium, no doubt, in behind the winner. Uh, anything else before we let you go? I'm um, trying to get Brenton Avdala. As I said yesterday, his rides uh, on Monday for that big Chinese New Year, Year meeting at Shati were just brilliant. Back in the field, threaded the needle. Like, he doesn't seem to get on a lot of decent horses. Uh, those horses he won on earlier in the week were, were odds. I mean, surely this has got to open some doors, more doors for him. Like, one of them was for John's size. He's a brilliant rider, and I just reckon he, he deserves more opportunities, and he showcased his talent there earlier in the week. So with the time difference, we're, we're going to try and get Brent Navdala on a bit later this morning. Absolutely love it. Look forward to the show, Steve. Thanks, Ben. Chat soon. Jeez, there are some texts coming in about Dean Lucan. You've woken him up. Caused a stir. Mm. Caused a stir. Uh, it's good, though. Well, that's the, that's being the nice from part South of it. Australia, mate, you would, should have been all so he's over. Won, that. He's won gold in 84. I was born in 82. Give me a spell. Yeah, but that's 40. I brought Sean Carlin back to life. I thought, that was, I thought that was enough. How many Tunarama winners can you list? Yeah, not many. Anyway, uh, at least we got to talk about Port Lincoln for a little while as well. Uh, and I wasn't aware that he was a uh, tuna fisherman down that way, but that certainly speaks for his strength when it came to the weightlifting. And what a legend of Australian sport he was. Uh, Ricky Stewart's breakaway run against England back in the 90s. Yeah, test match uh, game two. Game two at Old Trafford. Could Al Evans' final time trial of the 2011 Tour de France. That was a big moment. 
Yeah. I mean, Australian and an Australian winning the Tour de France. Mm. Yeah, that is a giant moment. Uh, we've just kept them coming through. A few suggesting Cyril Rioli. His highlights package was elite. I don't know whether he'd be in my top top mark, but I guess if you're a Hawks fan, he really was a superstar. Clarky, you've got a few mentions. Uh, your late spell against India, got a mention. Uh, your highest test scores, got a mention. So a few people, they keep you close to their heart. How does that make you feel on very Valentine's kind. Day? It very is kind, great, isn't it? Lots of love. Speaking of a man with a very big heart, mm. I think it's time that we get to Dave Stanley, who, as Mom's I understand it, I'm he's, sure romantic. He does. Yeah. he's a romantic. What, yeah. um, well, just Good on boy. that, maybe that's where we should start. What were the gifts? I'm sure you showered your loved one in gifts this morning, Dave. No, mate. No, have it's been just like two ships passing in the night because I'm on the country champs tour. Oh, you've you've all missed the best moment as well, by the way. The 2010 NRL Grand Final, Dragons, mate. Gaznia eight minutes in, Nightingale. You know, should be an OAM. 46 minute, the oh 60th minute. God. One of the great, and and to do it against the Chooks too. Yeah. You know, the old sombrero didn't work that year, did it? The old 2010. Were you out there that year? Yeah, they didn't have the Dreamliner nah, back nah. then, did they? Didn't have the Dreamliner back then. <laughs> hey? That's going to help them win this game overseas. No, I was, I was I 21. Jet flying to Queensland. 21 living in Brisbane. 21 living in Brisbane. That was a long time ago. Uh, and has anyone mentioned Cathy? Yes, Cathy did get a mention. Yeah. We just had a late mention, too, for Wayne Gardner and Mick Doohan. And yeah. we, it probably was remiss of us not to be mentioning a, a little bit of the MotoGP and the 500cc I'm days. sure there's lots mm. that we've probably missed that if somebody mentioned. We go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Plenty. Remember that. How, did this, how did this start this morning? Because usually this is... Uh, uh, Benny, Benny comes in, he's just he's on, mate. His he's preparation on, yeah. is unbelievable. So you don't get that from Mido. Mido's oh, like us, like Mido's last night, half asleep thinking. when we start. The first half an hour is yawning. Hey, <laughs> Benny's um, been in since Mido's three. organising his weekend. Well, Benny's come straight from a night out. You don't get so. sleep in your eyes if you haven't been to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stano, do you feel as though, I feel a little aggrieved. So I just make the occasional cameo here, try to stay afloat. You know, these guys look after me. But I know that they have a, a, a set team. You know, they're always going to protect Mido. 100%. He, he has blatantly <laughs> outed me. The texts, the texts are flooding in, oh, suggesting dear. that he's talked about, you know, my, my night owl ways After in the our past. activities, yeah. After, yeah. That is poor form, isn't it? Mate, he has. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard him talk about the, your betting escapades over in South Africa and, oh, yeah. and you know, late night. He, he's often said he would just come out and you'd be... Finding something at air or Khan Samur. Well, that is true. Following the form at three in the morning. <laughs> well, Van Niekirk, we talked about He's Wade Van Niekirk. better in the day-nighters, Benny, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Wade Van Niekirk, the 400-metre world record holder for South Africa that won gold in Rio earlier. Mm. He's my second favourite, Van Niekirk, because there's Van der Merver and Van yes. Niekirk and Forey who run around at Turfontaine mm. every couple of nights mm. and that's where my money goes but mm. I can't deny any of it I just feel as though this wasn't the forum especially <laughs> given Dave I wasn't on the bloody show <laughs> it's amazing what the people I, I the one thing too Betty and this is something with our audience and it happens when I sort of go out and do these trips and people will come up they remember the most obscure things Hmm. So they'll remember obscure things that Loz has mentioned. <laughs> they all think Mido just goes around from Ladies' Day to rugby tournaments every oh, week. That's right. all he does. They're right. 
Uh, and and I will say this is they all, they have a lot of things to say about you too, pup, about what you've been up to. And no I just I seen keep, a few of those. can't imagine. <laughs> I just but, but I just keep I just I just run with it. I fuel, fuel on the, the fire. fire. Yeah, I just fuel the fire. Like I've got you, pup, at the next Victoria Secret. Uh, Me too. You know, I got myself there as well. I've got you there. Mm. I've actually got you being a model. Oh no, mate! I've just I've got I've got Loz. Loz is running for parliament. I've been I've been taking no. that seat. Loz <laughs> is going to be running at <laughs> <laughs> the next state election. Are your, Loz are is your be... underwear modelling days over, Mike? Or are they? Never say never, pup. Yeah, never say never. Okay, right price. Loz? We can all be bought. Loz? No. Have you ever modelled underwear? Tell us the truth. <laughs> I've been yeah. offered a number Loz, of times. Lo's done a few shoots. <laughs> I was in demand. He's done, Un- done a few oh, shoots. Unpaid. Yeah, unpaid and unrequested. He, he, he paid Actually, for them. Here's a, here's a, here's yeah. a genuine question. I know, I know we've got Racing HQ coming up, but Loz, if someone did approach you and say, hey, look, we want you to to sell the underwear or mm. the, you know, the pyjamas or whatever it might be, knowing you... And knowing what you've told us about the last time, I think it was you, you told us you, you didn't eat for a week when yeah, you were yeah, doing that uh, Tina, Tina months, Turner video. Mate, you were dead set going to overdrive. Yeah. I, I would, Dave. Yeah, if shred. I was doing a photo sh- shoot, I would, I would go on a so massive diet. So would I. I'd be, I'd be trying to lose as much weight as I possibly could in that period of time to look my absolute You best. need eight weeks prep, I reckon. Eight weeks, eight, weeks. eight, eight weeks. months. Nah, Six. eight weeks prep, and you can get yourself to eight where you years need to be. I need. Hey, Stano, just before you you let us know what's coming up on Racing HQ, just one on Jared. If you guys can all do me a fan, this all of the listeners out there, this is going to be payback, right? Mm-hmm. I, now, I would never give dirt on a fellow employee and their previous <laughs> activities. So what I will say instead is that he has an uncanny, uncanny resemblance. To an alien from a TV show back in the 90s named Alf. So anytime you text in, if you can please no longer refer to him as Jared, I'll happily accept Alf, Alfred, or Gerald with an L. Because all of them wind him up equally. And then my work will continue even when I'm not on. Dave, what's coming up? All right, well, very quickly, uh, Racing HQ, we're going to try and find a winner. We're off to Albury tonight, boys. We're going to be live in Albury tomorrow ahead of their country champs, District final later in the week on Sunday. But uh, we've got today Paul Snowden, Greg Hickman, John Sargent, Craig Williams, Bjorn Baker, and Kelly Schweder. That's our lineup today. So I reckon we can find a winner out of those group of people. So you want to be listening after the news, boys. Love it, big man. We'll chat to you a little bit later. I'll speak to you tomorrow. And to all of our listeners, thanks for checking in with the Big Sports Breakfast throughout the course of the morning. We'll see you again tomorrow.